right. Good day. Good day. Good day. So we start a little late. Good today. day to you. Jared is an idiot. Jared <laughs> 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 was in the taxi, I'm pretty sure. Jared, I'm sure yeah, I, 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 I texted you. I was just about I was just about getting ready to to to, to go you know, to go home and, and 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 do what I normally do, which is caress the uh, carrot. But then you remind me. Your balls. <laughs> yes, exactly. Your tennis balls. And, and uh, tennis okay. balls. This is a yeah. show. Not that fuzzy, but you 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 do get the idea. Yeah, yes. I, I'm I'm Ian Reed. I have been in the ad industry for longer than twenty years, and it feels like forever. And you are Jared Butts. I'm Jared Butts, and right about now I host a morning radio show called Platinum in the AM, but I used to work in advertising uh, for close to a decade. And uh, were you yeah. radio before, and then you became... I was, in radio, I was in radio before, and yeah. then I made the transition from radio to advertising, yeah. and then from advertising back to radio. But that's not important right now. Which incidentally, which, incidentally, is the name of the show that we're doing. Yeah, we're talking about the whys and wherefores of advertising and uh, some of, 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 of the episodes that we've had, triumphs and tragedies in, 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 in both cases. So yes, we, we know what we're, what, what we're about, what we're talking about, or at least we'd like to think that we know what we're talking about. But uh, again, that's not important right now. That's not important right now. What, what, what are, what but then, you might, want to, but then you might want to listen, you might learn something. Yeah, that also comes into we want to thank all our new followers. Uh, we want to thank those people who listen to us regularly. Um, Wait a minute, there are people who actually listen to us? Yeah, we have quite a few people. The, 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 the stats are like, yeah, a little bit. Actually... We're changing the format slightly a little bit. We're being yeah. less educational. You know, I think I think um, one of the things that, that we, we like Jason's contribution last episode, if you haven't heard it, Going to listen to episode four, the one about the one about Indian immigration. <laughs> That's what it turned out to be. <laughs> and how successful it turned out to be. Really screwed up story about how his great grandfather wanted poor. I mean, oh god. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, um, listen. Love of pork and the love of women can make men do really strange things. So yeah, we know. So we don't want to be. We don't want to be all very, you know, stodgy and. Um, uh, what's the word? We don't want to be talking about stodgy, sclerotic, we don't want to be like people follow us to learn stuff. Yeah, you have to learn we, some stuff. You, you can learn some stuff, some, you get some insights, but but yeah, we're, you get some insights. Really, we're really, we really are not. It's kind of a cut above rum shop talk. Now, for those of you who don't know what rum shop talk is, rum shop talk is what do you call it? Pub, pub hanging out, you know, it's just. Hanging out in the pub, talking smack, talking crap, you know. Rum shop, rum shop talk is literally being drunk and talking rubbish. And it's just, you know, random stream of consciousness at some point in time. It's kind of like know? drunk history. Yeah, you know, so you, you tell jokes and you tell stories and you, you say, remember when this man do this and that kind of stuff. Now, we're not, we're not we, we do that, we do a fair amount of that, but we're not, you're not concentrating on that. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, what, what we want to do eventually is we want to, we really want to write some of these stories down. So I always encourage people to contribute. If you have a story, a fun, funny story that you want us to let us know about, by all means, get in touch with me, get in touch with Jared, 
Uh, my email address is ian at redesigns.pro. Send me an email. Uh, yeah, and my email address is jaredricardo at gmail.com. Right. If you want to just say, hey, I, I got a funny story. If we could change the names and the, and the, and the, the, the company, um, this would sound really funny on your next show. We could, we could pull, eventually what I'd like to do is just take these things and transcribe them and make a blog out of them. But, but, but that's not important right now. No, um, right now, yes, what is important is that we talk about our experiences in the aforementioned ad agencies. Yeah. Now, you, what we try to do is we try to get some guests on to talk about their stories. But um, our guest that we were planning to have for this session, unfortunately, she's extremely busy. Um, so we will just want to shout out to Lizelle Ramsundar, who was a, a co-worker of mine at the agency. She sat with me in the cubicle during the cubicle days. Um, oh, those are, those are the days, man. But it's interesting that how the progression of things were. Um, if we talk about mid-century advertising, because we know you and I are, are kind of passionate about um, what, what the advertising was in the mid-century. Um, the mid-century was, well, they, uh, the, some people would argue that that was the golden age of advertising. Right. In those days, you sat in what they call a bullpen, which is right. basically an open plan kind of business where the creative director and the, and the executives had their own offices, but all the junior people just sat in these open space with like secretaries, you know, and it, 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 it was a kind of a, it was a kind of a strange, you don't have dogs today, Jared, you have co-workers because you're in the studio yeah. today. <laughs> yes, we have co-workers. We have, we have, sometimes we have to compete with the, with the, with the, with the uh, co-workers and what they're, they're saying, but pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, so to speak. <laughs> so we're just going to see if we can I, find I have, I have dumb birds. Yeah. These birds wake me up at five in the morning. They're building a nest really? up in my rafters here. So they come in Yeah. There. So, two birds. <laughs> uh, right. So, so, you, so, you, so you're competing. You're competing with um, with members of the Avian Society. Yeah, the Avian Society. So, the so Avian Society. In the eighties, agencies yes. changed format, and what happened was they got they got part of the new way of doing because of because of technology, computers, and so on. You moved into what they call the office space territory, where in the eighties, nineties people worked in cubicles with walls. So it was a semi, it was a semi change between being in an office and being in an open plan area as a kind of hybrid. And that, that became the death of many, uh, and that's, that's what started the Dilbert generation, where people who were, who were working in these cubicles had these stories about working in these kind of conditions where you were not actually you were not actually private, but you were still kind of private. It is very, very strange. And, and I remember as a child growing up, going into my father's office and, and seeing all these cubicles and really trying to understand that it's, there's, there's no roof to this shed. <laughs> it looks like a shed with no roof. It's just very weird. Right. As we moved into the, into the millennium, Cubicles no longer became the mode. And when we were working together, we had moved from that kind of cubicle business to this kind of open plan thing. You remember the giant open plan? I do remember that. I do remember that and, quite and, well. And the, and the creative director had his own glassed wall office. Yes, yes. And we were in this giant, giant area. And it was like, it was awesome. But at the same time, it was very weird. When you look back on it, I don't, I don't ever recall ever being in a situation like I don't think I'll ever be in a situation like that ever again. 
Knowledge yes. without COVID and so on. You know, this, 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 if you see, I mean, anybody who worked at us would remember these. There, we had these little clusters of desks that were not even cubicles anymore. They were yeah, they were not desks. cubicles, not in the strictest sense of the word. Yeah, you know, so, and this cavernous space, it was like a big giant space, like almost like a small... It, it was room. quite intimidating at one point, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and it was exciting, but at the same time, very, very, very daunting. And now that I think back on it, I would think, I, I don't know if I would ever feel comfortable working in a space like that, you know? Um, but mm. I, I, I want to move now into, now that we talk about that, how, when I remember our first ever interaction together was when I was sitting, okay, so we were sitting in a, cu in a cubicle in the corner. Now to just right. situate how this thing worked was, um, I had literally been on every single cubicle inside of that creative department at the agency at that time. And I had started out where you were working. I had started right. there on my first day. I had replaced uh, an artist who had left, I think he had left the week before and they brought me in. And I sat down at his workstation. And that was where I stayed for about five years. This is, this is 99 to about 2004. Right. Yeah. And then I moved and I moved and I moved. And eventually because of computer issues, I moved back to a space that had originally been, been taken by a copywriter. Um, uh, David. David now lives in, in England and David's having an awesome time being a teacher, teaching drama in England. So we just want to shout out to David. David. Hey, David. Hi, David. You don't know David. I don't think you ever met David. Why, guy? No, I don't think I ever met him. No. No, you love David. David is awesome. But David, David was, was, had sat in that corner and I, I ended up taking that spot because the, my computer that they had given me wasn't working. I had to work on this shit computer in, in this corner. And, um, <laughs> And suddenly they just dropped. Now, I had known you from before when you we went to school before. So I had known that you yeah. were working in the other ages. And it just all of a sudden you were sitting in this corner. I'm like, oh, geez, I have the madman. <laughs> <laughs> was I that? Was I that much of a crazy person? I mean, come on. I mean, I mean, God knows I, I had my ex. I remember you at the other agency I'd worked for. You were sitting in the foyer and yeah. you were talking to yourself. And I'm like, I, yes, was. I, know That's the, true. I know the individual, but I didn't, I didn't know when you're talking to yourself and you're answering yourself. I, 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 I thought, okay, you had finally, you finally got out the deep end. Oh, you thought I was 100% yeah. certifiable. Yeah. Okay. And, and I hadn't seen you since then. So that was, that was about five, six years. I hadn't seen you for more than yeah. that, years. I hadn't seen you since then. When did you start the agency? When did, well, well, when did you start with me? At well, I mean, I, I've worked. I've worked at, at, at a couple of agencies before. Um, I think I, I got my feet wet back in 2001, actually, when I was working at this agency. I started working at this agency, and I think I was there for about a week. Um, <laughs> I was there for a week. No, I mean, I'm being, I'm being very serious. I was there for a week. And I, I remember a story. Remind me. Remind me to tell yeah, you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when I I started cutting my teeth, as it were, there. I was still trying to figure out what my place was. And then I got a call uh, from one of my colleagues saying, hey, there's an opening at a radio station. You should go there. And I left because that was all I knew. And as time went on, uh, I think this was in 2004, I was asked to join up with a particular agency. And 
I was hesitant at first. And then I said, oh, what the hell? You know, maybe this will, this will give me something. I've always wanted to try something new. And I had gotten just a little bit tired of the, of the, of the, of the politics in, in radio. Little did I know that advertising, <laughs> oh boy, little did I know that, I mean, I've always said it's better to work with the devil you know than the devil you don't. Mm-hmm. And I can manage, I can manage. But you know, you'd, a, never, you'd never say that you didn't, you didn't get something out of it. I mean, no, 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 get, no, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. No, it wasn't wasted at all. Yeah. I learned a lot. I learned a lot from, from advertising. Uh, I have nothing but utmost respect for those who, who were committed to working in that field. And, and, and I learned so much. Um, but the first, the first agency I worked at was legitimately was in 2004, September of 2004. And I'll never forget my first day. I was given a task to do. It was a, it was a print job as I remember. And I just, I think for like about two to three hours, I just sat there staring at the brief, doing absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought, okay, you've done it this time. This time you have You've gotten yourself into a hole and you can't get the hell out of it. What are you going to do? And I don't know what it was that kind of something just took over some, some sort of unknown life force just grabbed a hold of me and said, you're going to do this, whether you want to or not. And I came up with some words for the, for the ad. And I was amazed at how quickly uh, it was approved. Now, my first employer I have to say, his exterior was extremely crusty, and he was a hard ass. But the thing about it is, he he did have a he did have a, a there was a softer side to him, believe it or not. And I saw that a lot with him, and he was very patient with me. Um, sometimes I was excused. Sometimes I was excused wrathfully because I was not aware of how certain things worked, mm-hmm. and. I, I remember there was a time when I was trying to, I was liaising with the then with the then uh, senior writer slash creative director, and and he kind of steered me in the direction that, that that I wanted to go. So you know, if it hadn't been for him, I think he was a local uh, guy or he was a foreign guy. He was a local dude. He was a local okay, dude. Okay. And I, I was just, I, 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 and I had to tell you, I was extremely intimidated by, by, by where I was because I had no idea, I had no knowledge of advertising beyond voicing radio scripts uh, and, 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 and copy and so on. I had no idea. And the dreaded ad clock routine where you had to, to punch in your time and you had to do this, and you had to do that. You had to stay by the rules. And, yeah. But, and, and, that was, and that was something. But when you were given stuff to do, and I'll never forget, there was a time when I was working on a particular, it was an advertorial. And um, my employer, being his usual crusty J. Jonah Jameson self, said you're gonna do this you can do this now <laughs> if you don't do it you're gonna spend the entire night doing it if you don't get it right i just looked at him and i said i'll go home and you'll be here <laughs> yeah you know 
I just thought, okay, you know what? Just zone out and concentrate on the task at hand. Just keep, just stay focused. And I was focused and I submitted the copy to him and he was amazed because he didn't think I could do it. And I think after that, things had changed for the, for the better. And, um, but the thing about it is I really wanted to get back into radio as much. And I, cause I just thought this advertising thing just wasn't for me. And so I left uh, that agency in 2005, went back to radio. Mm-hmm. And then I think in, in that transition period, uh, a creative director from another agency, and you know which agency I'm talking about, the agency where you used to work. He asked me to get, you know, would you like to, you know, we could, you, would you like to get back into, into advertising? And I said, not really, not right now. I, I just want to get back into radio and detox for a while. And he said, well, you know, I'm going to call you again. I said, I think, yeah, sure, sure you will. <laughs> and in 2007, in early 2007, he called and uh, he asked me if I was interested. And I really didn't want to go. But then I was talking to my girlfriend at the time. And I said, do I really have to do this? And she said, look, this, is, this has got to be the break you're looking for. This could be this could be it for you. I mean, this is the leading agency in the country. And at that time it was a leading agency in the country. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you'd be a fool not to, not to, not, not to go, not to go for this. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, fine. So I talked to the guy and I said, all right, sure. I'm in. And that was, uh, uh, that was in, that was in January, 2007, in March, 2007, I officially joined. And the first day I was there, mirrored exactly what happened the first day I was at the other agency, sitting there, staring at a brief, doing absolutely nothing times five. And I'm just thinking, oh my God, what have I done? I should have stayed in radio. I said, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. And then there was another part of me saying, okay, check this out. If in three months you find that it still sucks, get the hell out. Mm -hmm. And as it turned out, I was there for eight and a half years. Now I had, I had, now don't get me wrong. eh? I had some, some really great moments. I mean, I felt there were some moments I just felt, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty damn good at what I do. But then uh, sometimes doubt creeps in and that is brought on by your own personal feelings of inadequacy. And it did not help matters when you had people who were there in positions of authority who, you know, and, and the thing about it is when I started working there, I, I was kind of naive in that I didn't really pick up on it. Yeah. But then I started to hear stories of how those who were there before me, how they felt and how they were talked to. And they, gotten had gotten so fed up of the structure of the of the of of how the politics unfolded on a, on a regular basis and how they felt that they were they were singled out for for whatever reason and i remember a particular individual who was just there and she's a she's a brilliant artist by the way mm-hmm. and she's amazing and in every sense of the word beautiful human being beautiful soul beautiful in every sense of the word mm-hmm. and she just left I mean, she didn't offer any sort of notice. 
she just left because it started to get to her. Yeah. The tox, the, the levels of toxicity there were yeah. just just went right through the ceiling for her. Yeah. And I, I remember thinking, okay, this is a warning. This to me was a warning it's because it wasn't it's wasn't just her. It was other, you know, there were others as well. And these and these and these individuals. Let me tell you, these individuals are just more than competent. I mean, they are talented. These are gifted individuals. So good, not just in terms of, of the writing, but in terms of the, in terms of what they did with the artwork and and, and everything, yeah. and and, but it was but but the, but that that first year was was looking back on it now with hindsight that was a warning, for me, yeah. you know, and um, I le- like I said before I learned a lot from 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 working there, mm-hmm. um, what I could not understand about a lot of stuff. We had to put up with a lot of stuff. You and I had to put up with a lot of I stuff. Think, I think just to, just to kind of, I think knowing you as, as who you are now and when you were before, mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think it went through the fire. I think where you yeah. are now, um, not, not even just professionally, but personally, I think a lot of the, the beating, and you did get beatings. We all got, we all got the beating. Yeah, we all got it, yeah. And not not in the literal sense, mind you, but the metaphorically. It's not just wanting to be serious for these the young ones listening to us. Um, that you come out of it stronger. You may you may reach that period where you you I have just what you said there. The, the toxicity is so high that it literally puts you in the mental space that you want to commit suicide. And we've heard it before. We've seen mm-hmm. it before. It has happened before. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times you come out of it. And you, 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 you look back on it and you laugh at it, you laugh at it. But mm-hmm. if you look at it and you say, you know, I can deal with what I'm dealing with now a lot better because of what I went through. And I think you know that, where, where, where you are now, you know. Yeah. I mean, things, you wish things would change. Some things change, but some things remain the same. And this is, this is what this we're is trying true. to do. This is what we but you're going to say something else. I, I interrupted you. Sorry. No, I mean, I think, I think, I think, I think, and this is where, and this is where, you know, they 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 wage a kind of psychological warfare. Mm. Um, one of my one of my pet peeves was that if you were finished with the job, if you were finished with the stuff that you did, you could go home, mm-hmm. because my my policy, my personal policy was. If you're doing a job and you and you've done it and you've completed it, what the hell are you staying around for? Because again, back then the powers of beef fell, but if you didn't stay beyond 4:30, uh, if you stay like about five o'clock, seven o'clock, or eight o'clock at night, sometimes 10 or 11 o'clock at night, you you unless you did that, you weren't doing your job. Mm-hmm. And I always made it made it a point to finish it. And I, I always did the stuff efficiently and very quickly. Mm-hmm. And people were wondering, well, how is it that you can write these, these radio scripts so quickly? I said, because I work in radio. And radio is the kind of medium that demands immediacy. Yeah. So that's why I did what I did. Yeah. But something had happened along the line where, you know, some, some people are a bit too exacting and a bit too, they had this sort of, this, this micromanagement ideal that they were wedded to. And I did not agree to that. And there was a time when no matter what, we're creatives, yes, but we're also human. Mm-hmm. And there are times when you, you've got to look at something that, that, 
you know, deadlines notwithstanding, you need to look at something and just say, I can't deal with this today. I yeah. cannot deal with this today. Yeah. It doesn't help matters again when you have that particular individual breathing on your neck. So I just got up and left. Yeah. This was about, I, this I was about, that. I think, yeah, this was like about um, 11 years ago. Yeah. The next day, and it was a Thursday, I'll never forget it. He cornered me in his office and he asked me if I wanted, if I wanted to continue working there. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you, you got up and you, and you just walked out. I said, yes, because I could not deal with it at the time and I am going to deal with it now. And then he said, if you, if you don't want to do this anymore, I can think of a thousand other qualified individuals yeah, yeah, who can do the yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to leave, you can leave. That's what he told me. And, he, and for dramatic effect, he goes into his desk and he comes up with a stack of papers saying that these are applications from people who want, who want to be a part of this organization. Mm -hmm. And apparently if I, if I didn't want to be a part of this organization, mm -hmm. never mind the fact, never mind the fact that Earlier on, a couple of months before, I had won awards for this agency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I had written um, one for television, one for radio, best in show. Never mind that at all. That that yeah. that meant nothing to him. Yeah. But 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 for just that moment, for just that moment of of, you know, there was no compassion, there was no humanity in him. Yeah. And from that moment on, my opinion of him. It changed dramatically, and it has remained that way for a long time. Now, I let me hasten to add, I still respect the individual to a certain degree, but I'm I'm not I don't have him on a pedestal like I did before. Yeah, my opinion of him has has, has changed, and that does something to you. And yeah. another thing too, if you stand up, if you say something, and if you stand up and you speak out. You become a marked man, yeah, or woman. Yeah, you, you can't, you can't, you can't be in an organization that has, that has a culture, and try to buck the system. I mean, okay, so, so here's here's the flip side of this. If you want to be the rebel, you've got to be the rebel within a certain clique. First of all, you need to have backup. You can't just do this by yourself. Also, you need to have, you need to be, you need, as you rightly said, you've won awards and so on, but you need to be, and I go back to the Mark Venner reference, you need to be so hot shit, so good, that they can't ignore you. And they can't, and this is the thing, they can't, they can't sideline you or get rid of you if you know that you are doing some of the best work. And, 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 and this, is, this is always the thing that, that people don't seem to understand when, it, when you work in an ad agency. If the client is happy with you, the individual, you are the star. If the client doesn't see you in a meeting or presentation, they get worried and they start saying, no, 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 because the formula is working and the things are working and things are good and they want you there. They, there are other people in there who say, oh no, we can't have this. We can't have this man because the major player of a, a Malzorian agency is somebody and this is a most account executives go on that level, is that they get so they get so entire in uh, wrapped up with the client that the client says, listen, 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 I want you to handle my business. I, I can't pay the agency anymore. You come with me and let's go and form our own agency, which has happened. 
Mm-hmm. The one fear for all these people up on the high top is that they're afraid that you will then take their plant and go. <laughs> That's the number one priority fear, that you will take yeah. your plant and go. So you you come from that position of strength, and a lot of people have done it. I, I've known a lot of people who have who have disappeared for days, who have who have done absolute rubbish, cost the agency millions, and are still working there because of the relationship that they have, because of the niche that they've 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 inserted themselves into, and they they, they can't move from there. But but I don't want to get too wrapped up in, in details of something like this. But what I want to do is you just want to come back to, I want to come back to, um, I want to come back to the first day that you were at the agency, as I, as I remember, you had no idea. I had no idea what was going on. You had no <laughs> idea what you were doing. And I remember that because you, were, you, you wanted to cry because they put you on this computer that was like at that time a decade old. That computer was a decade old. Anybody knows this. It age. must have been. It was, uh, as I recall, it was an iMac, if memory serves yeah, me right. It, it was a decade old. And it's a 1998 and, iMac, yeah. And <laughs> I was like, I was like, um, okay, so I'm gonna have to show you how to do this. And I remember showing you how to do it. And I and I remember saying, you know, um, I'm glad that you're working with us because yeah, I know you're a fun guy and whatever, and I like working with fun people. I was just kind of worried that you might just flip out because I didn't know what, like, what mental condition you were in. Oh, listen, listen, I was this close to collapsing into a heap of tears. I kid you not. I was thinking, oh. I think it was something in the universe that kind of put us together. And then we yeah. ended up working together on a lot of projects. And was, was we did. And we had a lot of fun, too. And we had a lot of fun, um, I had to say. I'm trying to remember... I'm trying to remember one of the, I just had a story in my head of, of... Do you remember, okay, let me tell you a story. You remember the time, right, when we were doing something for Nestle? Uh-huh. And I think this involved like about, this involved, I think, two to three days. Uh, we, we started Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, no, we started um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, culminated on Thursday. And we went to the, um, to the, to the place, to the, to the, to the headquarters, in in we were not not far from where we worked, and we were we were just talking and learning about the logistics, what people like, how motivated they are to purchase the brand, mm-hmm. and it's a huge company. It's not just, of course, milk. It's it's not just milk products, but other things too, mm-hmm. the derivatives of such coffee, colas, whatever it is, soft drinks, that kind of thing. And there was this particular lady. Um. I don't think we should mention her name, but she was from the DR, beautiful woman. And we were just, I think we were more in awe of her than what she had to say. <laughs> and, you know, cause we're guys, I mean, we, we, we were not really thinking about, it's kind of hard for us to, 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 to do stuff like that, but we were professionals. Mm-hmm, absolutely. But, and we had, and, and we had to, to focus on what it was on the task at hand, which is what we did because we're professionals. We're supposed to be. We're supposed to be better than that. But um, she was very affectionate to, uh, to us. And, and, and I think that was one of the more, that was one of the more pleasant experiences I think, I think I, I, I had. Because I think, she, I think she caught on that we were, you know, that we, we, we developed instant crushes on her at that, at that, at that time. So yeah, that was, she, but, but, she, um, she, she too was 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 a dream to work with, 
And that was one of the good, the, the good things about, about, about working in, in an ad agency in that you, you had more positive interactions as opposed to negative interactions with people. Yeah. And um, that's something that, 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 I'll, that I'll always remember. Well, I, sure. remember I remember this story now. We're talking about like first days. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so I had- But the first day, it was scary. It was scary. I, it always is, but-, but It always is, yes. laugh at I don't know if I ever told you this story. I'm pretty sure you've- Tell me, I'm, I'm curious. So, um, I had just come back from studying in, in London. I had gone and done an intensive graphic design course to kind of get me back up to speed and, and basically bring my, uh, what's the word? Bring my confidence back up. It was basically a confidence booster. And I, I went away just to get out of the country. And then, and then what I did was I sent out a lot of applications because I wanted to come back to, to TNT, work a little bit, you know, and I had a girlfriend at the time, so obviously I wanted to come back to my girlfriend. That, that, that was a whole other story. Um, hi, Amanda. If you're listening to this, yes. And, <laughs> and the thing is, Amanda now lives in London with her husband and her kids. So it's, it's weird. Oh, man. Um, I, I had come back to Trinidad, and I yeah. got this interview. I got an interview with the second largest agency. I got an interview with Hernandez FCB, which doesn't exist anymore. They got closed down. So I could say the name. I can tell you a story about Hernandez FCB. But uh, go hold on. on. Holy, 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 holy. <laughs> so, the Hernandez FCB interview is a whole other story in itself. But yeah. I also got an interview at the agency we worked with. And I went to that interview. I was interviewed by a very nice guy from Manchester. And I didn't know at the time that they had just, they had also interviewed him for the creative director's job. So he actually wasn't the creative. Okay, so we had a creative director at the time who's Canadian. High strung, extremely gay, but an extremely, you know, um, psycho. He was, he was crazy. He was weird. But on his vacation, they brought this guy in from Manchester and put him as a creative director for about a month. And I didn't know this. And you see how these things work. It's very funny how they work these things because they were planning to get rid of this other creative director. At least this is the story I was told. And they were mm -hmm. kind of testing this man out. And this guy was really nice. He was really cool. I, I loved him. And I, I, and I hope, I don't know if anybody listening knows whatever happened to Mr. Guy Hooper. The Guy Hooper was this awesome, awesome guy. And he taught me a lot while he was there um, about, you know, doing layouts and, and dealing with clients. He told me a lot of fun stories about working in ad agencies in the 80s and so on. But um, they, they brought Guy Hooper in and he interviewed me with another one of the, uh, of the, of the uh, so-called creative, associate creative directors. And I, I had a fun interview. It was really great. They liked my portfolio. And they said, you know what? Why didn't you come in for for uh, a couple of days and just sit down and um, you know we we we'll test you out? We'll give you some things to do, you know, like an internship. I said, great, that's cool. Um, so I went and I sat down in the in this office. Now the waiting, you know, the office. The office mm -hmm. has a big glass window. It's Got obviously it. a director's office, but I didn't know at the time. I thought this was just like a conference room office because I had a big desk. And I'm sitting down there. And people are peeking in from the side of the door. 
because I had not met anybody in this place yet. Huh? They had just sat me down in this, this office. And people are peeking in this door and going, hey, hi, how are you? I'm like, I'm great, thanks. And I'm working at the desk, like, you know, I'm doing <laughs> stuff they give me to do. I'm drawing or whatever. And people are, people are, people are tiptoeing around the office and nobody's coming. Really? Wow. So, so eventually there's this, there's this guy sitting down just outside that office. So, um, so I go and I say, you know, um, hi, my name is Ian. What's yours? And he's like, my name is Frank. I'm like, hello, Frank. I'm Ian, you know? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, so I'm, I'm, people are coming into the office and I, I don't know if you remember Anurada Lakan. I don't know if you know Anurada Lakan. Oh, no, that, I don't think I remember that guy at all. No, no girl. Anu, Anu is girl. Sorry. awesome writer. He was okay. freelancing for the agency at the time. She had come in a day and saw me there because I had known her from before and she's like, Ian, what are you doing here? And, and, and eventually, well, I'm just, you know, just waiting for them to, you know, tell me if, you know, I, I got the job or that. She's like, you know why nobody wants to talk to you? I'm like, why? She's like, they all have been told that you're the new creative director and they don't want to talk to you. Oh, my God. I said, I said, <laughs> He's like, this guy. And I, can't, I said, I don't want to use the guy's name. I said, this guy. I'm like, you mean... Frank? He's like, that's not his name. This <laughs> not Frank. I'm like, holy crap. Frank is about to be my boss eventually. Right? Yes. Frank. And that should have raised red flags with me all those years ago. This is 1999. That should have raised red flags because he had this, he had this wicked prankster streak that he used to play pranks. And in the beginning, that was all fun and games. But when you got into a position, as you said, when you get into a position of power, it no longer becomes funny because he's now doing it as, you know, a, a weapon. He's made it into a weapon. So in the beginning, it was all fun and games and he used to play these little pranks. But, right. you, know, you know, when you reach that, that, that level, you got, you know, so everybody knows who I'm talking about now. But, but, but what I'm saying is, uh, eventually, he and I started working very, very closely together, and we started doing a lot of good work together. But as you mentioned, the minute, the minute he got, the minute he got, you see, what happens is, and it would happen to me, it would happen to you, is that if you're not prepared for the sudden shift in your responsibilities, so you no longer have to worry about somebody else making decisions, you know how to make the decisions. You kind of put it into the position where, oh, oh crap, I, I have to go and start making decisions for people. I also have to start making decisions of whether people stay here or leave. You see, and, and it, kind of, it kind of puts you in that, in that mode of middle management, which I've spoken to before on episode one. So you could go and listen to the episode one, where I talked about where I ended up in that situation of middle management, where you, you, you either decide that, look, I'm going to be a complete asshole, or I'm going to try not to be an asshole and piss off management and, and, and try to be a middle ground. It's very, very difficult. It's very hard. And it, I can only imagine. Not, I can only not, imagine. This is just not advertising. This is working world overall. When you're stuck between the boss telling you, you need to get production up X, and the people below telling you, yeah, yeah, well, I have a, I have a funeral to go to, so I go on. I'm not seeing you till next week. He's like, well, what? I, who am I going to get to do? So you have to be some parts asshole. I understand that. And you have to be some parts understanding. But there are people above you who do not care. 
And the chain keeps going up. They do not care about you. They do not care about you. Which is true, which is true. And that, and I've always felt that that is a prevailing, that has always been the prevailing culture at that particular agency. It's been that way for some time now, but it wasn't always like that. It wasn't no, always like that at all. Basic things change and times change. And right now, right now, as it stands, the agencies are teetering, teetering on the brink. They're teetering on the brink, at least locally. Because we we because it's it's a situation of now people would say, What are you talking about? You're talking rubbish, you know, the teacher on the brink. And I can tell you that because I am seeing it. Okay. Clients, and this has been happening for a decade now, clients have been asking for more for less. So you're going on Fiverr and you're trying to find a man on Fiverr to do your stuff for five dollars, and he doing crap. And the, the, the clients say, no, I want, I want the level you were giving me in the 90s and the millennium, that, that award wouldn't level for the Fiverr level P. And you can't, you can't do it. You can't do it. That you used can't. to bug me though. That used to bug me. Can't do it. Everybody, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just have to say this. I just have to. I need to get this off my chest. When somebody tells you, look, I, the work that you're doing, it has to be award winning. I said, don't you think it, it, it better be a good ad first? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's award-winning? Shouldn't it be? What's award-winning? I mean, what, what do you define as award? It, it's got to be good. Let it be good first, then we can think about whether it's going to win an award or not. Yeah. And, and that kind of, again, that kind of mindset, that kind of that breeding, breeding of 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 that of that level of of, of toxicity, yeah. of toxic competitiveness, is yeah. something that I could never abide by. But please, I'm sorry. Go on. What you were saying. Well, what I'm going to say now, I'm going to kind of shift gears a little bit. What I'm going to talk about now is what are the expectations of an employee? What are you, so, so I always tell the students at Costart when I teach them, when they ask, you know, how to, how to get a job. How to get a job at their big... So first of all, everybody wanted to go and work for the big agency because they figured they'd get big money. Doesn't work, it doesn't work like that anymore. And I, no. I tell them now. So the, the whole thing has changed, you know, you... Forget big agency, you know, get a, get a job. <laughs> Sorry, it, it sounds bad. But it, it, we have reached a stage now where the competition is so fierce in the creative industry and you now have computers doing it. You know, I've been looking at a lot of the, um, I was looking at um, some websites where they got, they, they now have AI writing copy now for websites. So, oh my goodness. So, you know, and it's, it's, it's very expensive to pay for it now, but you can do it. You can, you can do it. You can get an AI to basically write a blog and, and it, it will be indistinguishable for somebody writing it. But that's not important right now. What I'm coming back to is you, 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 are, you, you, are, you, you are invested in by the company. So the company takes a look at you and says, yes, okay, here's some criteria. You are creative. You come up with great ideas very fast and you can work under pressure. Well, we don't know yet, but we, we could kind of see based on your experience or whether whether or not you, so you just came to university and you, you, you stayed up until three in the morning doing a project. That is the kind of thing we like, because as you said before, they like you working until three in the morning. Yeah. I ain't doing them thing again. I'm not doing them thing again, right? The three in the morning thing is a waste of time unless you pay me a million dollars. Because again, you are asking, you are asking for, that level of work for that level of pay, you can't ask for that anymore. 
If you're trying to penny pinch, then you can't ask you to work from 6 p.m. to 1 in the, in the morning, right? You have to pay for that. But anyway, what I'm telling prospective people who are coming out of university or, or CASAT or whatever it is, that the companies still look for you as the investment. You are money that they are going to be spending. I'm going to be paying you X amount of money. This is what I want from you. And I always tell people, find out what they want from you. If it's nebulous, if it's, oh, we, we want you to be very creative and do award-winning work and, 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 and have a fun time, that's bullshit. It that is. is not what you, that's not what you sit down. If you're in an interview, say, what do you expect me to do during the day? Am I an artist? Am I a janitor? Am I, uh, am I a secretary to the creative director? What is my job role? And if they come with you at a paper and says, this is what we want you to do, then you say, okay, this is what I asked by, this is what I want to be paid for. And if they say, no, that's too high, or yeah, that sounds great, or whatever, you are working from a position of negotiating. So you get the job, you're in the job, and the boss is, is behaving like a dick. Now, you may, your first reaction may be, well, he's just a dick. Come from the position of he is being, he is in the same role as you. They've invested in him to get you to do the work. You following? So you can, you have to kind of try to, if you're not a team player and you're not one who likes to work with other people, then don't go and work in any company. That's just, that's just how it is. But if you can do the work and you, you can work with other people, you can deal with the politics. And yes, there's a certain amount of toxicity. You have to deal with that. If you were dealing with that and you, you want to deal with that, by all means, this is what you've got yourself into. Work with it, do with it. But these days, no one ever expects to stay in a job for longer than five years. I think me being in a job and you being in a job for more than five years is no longer the norm. That's the exception. They do, I, don't, I, I, I don't see anybody working for, the, for those long periods of, of long times anymore. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? But again, coming back to, coming back to, um, coming back to the, I'm trying to remember. Okay, yeah. So this guy, one of, one of the guys I worked with at another agency, he told me, he said, I want you to relay this story. I said, well, why didn't you come on? And he's like, no, I'm shy. I don't want to come on. I don't want to come on. I don't want to be... I don't want, I wanted to be anonymous. So I'm like, okay, cool. So this company we worked for, from the first day I was there, I knew that they had cameras in the creative department. And again, coming back to the investment aspect of the situation, right? The investment aspect of the situation is that I, I as the boss, I'm spending money to hire you to do the job. I kind of have to make sure that you do the job. So there are agencies now that put cameras and they also put software on laptops that track your time. You know, when you talk about the dreaded time sheets, well, they don't do that anymore. They track the time that you're working on the computer. And it's, it's very invasive. It's very invasive. But unless you know that that's happening to you and you sign a waiver saying you're okay with somebody you're taking a look at you and watching you on a camera, you have to be very clear that that's what you want to get yourself involved in. No one told me that I was on camera. I saw it for myself. I didn't say anything. I wanted to see if they'll come and tell me anything. They never did. So that was only the first thing. So I always had to be careful 
Now, I used to come to work on time. I used to leave late. There were no, no problems with those kind of things. But then I heard later on that this guy who I was working with, he was told that they were recording conversations. Now, whether that's correct or not, I don't know. But I wouldn't put it past those people to be recording the employees' conversations. So that's even more invasive. So I don't know what the law is. Maybe somebody in the legal profession could, could answer this. I signed no contract. He signed no contract to be recorded. It, it, it's invasive. Now, when we were at the big agency together, when we were at the, we had to sign a, a policy document. Do you remember signing the policy document? You know, if you use the email on our systems, if you use the, the web browser, if you use those things, um, right. we're, li we're liable to be monitored. You, you, you remember? You remember? This is true. Right. This is true. If we, we if we made the, if we made the fatal mistake of 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 surfing, shall we say, uh, unquestionable and irrelevant material? Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. So so the thing about it is, I remember the IT man coming and asking me what we needed Facebook for. Those are the days when we now started Facebook. Um, yeah. We, the company wants to block Facebook. I said, Oh, you want to block Facebook? Well, I might as well quit my job. He's like, But why? Oh, wait. After you do the accent. Why, 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 why are you going to quit your job when you when you don't use Facebook? I'm like, I'm like, because this is our business now. Our business That's right. is Facebook. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, coming back to me, coming back to the that company. The, the thing is, is that you 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 can take micromanaging to a level that is that is beyond um, healthy. And watching people with a camera, observing them with a computer so that you could see what they're doing and noting. I've, I've heard of a certain company where the guy notes when the person goes to take a pee and he writes it down. He said, you went to four times. Why did you go to? I mean, that level, I've heard of those levels. And I'm like, I will not work for a company like that because I'm in a creative situation I get most of my ideas and I go and take a pee or to go and take a dump. But that's just it. I mean, you, know? you see, the creative process is a multifaceted, that's just a multifaceted thing. You, you cannot yeah. just say to yourself, well, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to be creative because that's just not how it works. That's like getting blood out of a stone. Right. So when, gonna, they tell you, when they tell you, how long did you spend on this project? Or how long will you spend on this project? You're kind of like, well, I... How long does creativity take to go? You see, it's very difficult to quantify. There are people saying, well, how much do you charge for your time? I'm like, well, I do an hourly rate because it usually takes me a couple of hours to actually come up with the idea. So I just yeah. charge, a, I charge a rate based on how many hours I spend. But that doesn't Great. work all the time. Because when you're brainstorming, like when we were working for the bank and, and they had us in there until one o'clock in the morning, for the presentation the next day, coming up with keywords for the presentation, for the, for the, for the digital. We're brainstorming keywords. I mean, how do you quantify that? How, how does the agency pay, charge the client? Well, the, the, the creators spend 12 hours coming up with keywords. No company is going to pay five people to sit down in a room for 12 hours. 
that that's ridiculous. That you, you it's ridiculous, it's like, and it's it's also a, a, not just a draining of, of the resources, but it's also a strain when it comes to the human factor trying to expend so much so much creative energy. That's just right. not going to so happen. You're you're absorbing a lot of of what they call resources when you do these things, and and you're not charging back the client for that because the client is never going to pay you for that. The client is paying for the end product. The client says, okay, I approve this, which is always the problem when it came to pitches. When it came to pitches, pitching always was, you're investing time and money and resources in a gamble. You were gambling of whether you would get the job or not. And you always used to know, you remember, you, you remember us doing the lotto pitches? I do remember that. I remember that well. I mean, we were we, we, pitched, we, we pitched lotto, 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 and never got lotto. And and and, and, and it's and it's derivatives and it's derivatives from, from 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 that particular from that particular entity. Yes, I do remember that. I do remember it. It was something. <laughs> that we, I remember going to the presentation once <laughs> with with the then mayor for the Spain. Um, ah, yes. 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 Lily Singh. I remember. I remember that quite I well. Remember. We had presented, we had, it was a whole Saturday, I'm sitting on this shape table. We, this, okay, picture, we're in this room, it's a conference room, it's a U-shaped table. Um, and it was an aquarium, as, a, as I recall, nearby. I, I, I don't know, how that, I don't know why I, that, I that just remember. Yeah, there was a, that's right, I remember that. And, <clears> and, and he sat on a table in the middle of this U-shaped thing. Um, I, I wouldn't call it like El Rey, it's not the El Rey situation, but it's definitely El Jefe. The El Jefe, El Jefe. Situation. And yeah. he sat down there and he was just writing notes as we were presenting. And he was writing, 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 writing. And we all went around the table and we did discussions and talked about this, that, and the other. And I was there for digital. And I was talking about you need a website and you need, you need social media and you need an app and all these kind of things. And, and then silence reigned. And then the hair account executive, I mean, he's a friend of ours, he's a great guy, you know, whatever. And he says, all right, well, I think that's it. So thank you very much for your time. And then the LKFA said, uh, so the said, um, no, I, you do not dismiss yourself. I dismiss you. So yeah. I'm not ready to dismiss you. Yeah, that, that, so let that, us yeah, not that, go through this. And let me ask questions. And we went through for another hour again about this. I mean, he did ask good questions. Don't get me wrong. He was very, very clear about what he wanted. He was very clear about what he wanted. And I remember as well that honorable mention, out of all the people who were there, he singled out a particular individual who shall remain nameless as if she <laughs> did all the work. When yes. in reality, yes. you remember? You remember? Yes. You know she why? She didn't want to be a part of that. <laughs> and, and the ironic thing about it is she did not want to be a part of this because it went against her her, her religious um, teachings and upbringing. Right, right, right. And, right, and, right, and right. we, were, and we right. were just stunned because we were thinking, hey, you know, it wasn't just her. She, her input was minimal at best. But we, we were there, we, we sat through the focus groups and the meetings and what it was that people wanted, yeah. how to improve on the games and the, and the game, we everything. We were there, we did everything. Yeah. And, and it, it, just, it, it just stung. I mean, we didn't exactly vocalize it, we couldn't, 
but at the same time, it was it was just it was just something that that that, that really it it made our teeth itch to yeah. to, to put it mildly. Yeah, she wasn't but happy about that at all. She, she wasn't, wasn't happy about it. She wasn't happy about it either. Mind you, she wasn't happy about it either because was that was something. Than, it was just more than singling out. It was it was it was designed to do a certain thing, and you know we yes. talk about. I mean, I don't want to go into into those kind of details. I don't want to be. I don't. I I'm certainly don't want to be in, involved in any kind of lawsuit. So we'll leave it there. But I mean, we'll leave it there. comes to when it comes to pitches generally, um, and especially in advertising in those days, especially in the '90s, it's very male oriented, very very male oriented, and it, it, that has changed. That has changed a lot. So we no longer have those kind of things anymore. We, we, um, Women have come back, and women have done what they need to do to really stand up and say, you know, we're not taking the shit anymore. And I'm very happy. And if, and the individual we're talking about, I'm very happy because she's in a position now where she's doing really, really well. So I mean, it's all water under the bridge now. You know, those things happen. Yeah. Those things, you know. But again, I mean, I mean, we've talked very long. I think we've gone over our time here. But we've gone over what, time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What 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 I want to do now is um. I just wanted I just wanted to just roll back a little bit into working the agency's stories will continue. I mean, we will do more talking about us working. Um, there's one of the other things I want to talk about probably next week. Um, we talk about about the Christmas parties. <laughs> Wait, I, the Christmas parties were legendary, my friend. Because I think we should just give a little teaser of what we what we, next time. I want to bring Somebody who's who's into I think this would be a good a good one for Ronald. The Christmas parties is a good one for Ronald. Ronald has always been the been the center of the Christmas parties. Either that or we get somebody else who used to work with you know with us. I can tell before. you, I can tell you about a Christmas party that happened at Hernandez FCB back in the in, in the early 90s. That was just just to, just to cut a long story short, I went there to pick up a check. Because I had, I had done a, I had done a, radio, a voice or radio ad for them, I went to pick up a check, and before long, I was just dragged into the vortex of the party itself, and I didn't leave there for like about two hours. That's good. Because That's good. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I had there were clients talking to me. We were talking, we were laughing, joking, and everything, and it was just a it was just a pleasant and altogether pleasant vibe. And I think that was something that. That I don't think it's ever going to be replicated again because it was such a it was such a, a yeah. wonderful moment and even yeah before COVID, even before COVID oh come on you're talking about 1993 for Christ's sakes yeah, that yeah. was even, no no yeah. what I'm saying is even before COVID in the last five years Christmas parties have had to been toned down because of cost you no yes. longer had you see you used to throw these parties for the clients and they used to be big almost big fets. You see, they were, you know, because pretty much because what you wanted to do is you wanted to outdo it. Became a it became a joke eventually of who could outdo who for their Christmas parties. You see, and who's who's be able to crash whose party and and Marco whose plans <laughs> had what, and it was, it was all it was all fun and games. I mean, we could talk about that uh, next time. Um, but the, the thing is, we want to bring we want to bring um, somebody like Ronald who. You know, Ronald is always the center of the party. At least, you know, he has a lot of stories to tell. Oh yeah, he was always at the eye. He was always at the eye of the fun story. One of the one of the, the parties we remembered was, um, we we had a we had a co-worker who disappeared, 
and he 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 was so he was so plastered. I mean, he was young at the time, you know. At the time, he was this young guy. He was so plastered, he ended up at somebody else's apartment. And the joke was that somebody else had a crush on him. So, oh, <laughs> so, so so he was the butt of the joke for a long time, you know. And he took it in good measure because obviously nothing happened, you know. But he he was so he was so he was like, I'm never drinking. Ever again. <laughs> I don't use this Christmas party. And this is why, and this is why you should say no, kitties. And this is why you should say no to alcohol. Because you can yeah. have too much of a good thing. Yeah, but like like we said in the beginning, alcoholism and agency life are part and part. I think if you are if you are creative, if you are a creative soul, you are susceptible to any kind of addiction, be it gambling, be it alcohol, be it sex, whatever it is. Yeah. So but, I I would, but what's I would, alcohol? What's, what's, what's alcohol? Well, I mean, alcohol is a drink that you imbibe, and if taken in large quantities, it can result in visual impairment and impairment in general. But that's not important, right, important now. right now. All right, well, thank you guys for listening. We, we, really, we went on a little bit too long after probably maybe do some editing here. Um, yeah, we're going to have to do some editing. But we want you all to continue to listen. We are going to be coming every week. Uh, please subscribe, share, all that kind of stuff. Um, if you do want to get onto the show and relate a story for us, um, you know, we, we try to be, we, we try not to talk about specifics, but, you know, sometimes you can't help it. Um, so if you want to tell a story and you want to be, you want to, you want to, you know, provide, you, you know, some, some feedback and you want to or if you want to come on and buff us up and say or you want to come and say let's listen i was not like that at the agency i was yeah I was a, exactly I was, you can do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you yeah we'll give you, you we'll, we'll give you that space we'll, tell, we'll give you that space we, we are we are not here to, to 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 not tell one side of the story um in fact i would like to bring in um i would love to bring in somebody with any management level that's going to be very tricky because you know they can't they can't just go and talk just like that. But maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we could bring our friend who we just talked about on, and maybe she could talk about her experience as a woman working in an agency. That would be interesting. I would like to hear that. So if, if you're interested and you want to hear that, please let us know. You know, get, give us. We, we love the ideas. We love the suggestions. Um, we want to shout out to our supporters, Stefan. We want to shout out to um, Romuald. We want to shout out to Tracy. We want to shout out all of these people. Please go and follow them. Ramal has a Ramal Castillo has a, a, his own radio studio. It's not radio studio. He has his own studio. He does voice talent training. Um, voice. What is the What is the name? Just so I get it right. Um, voice and Productions. I think it's called. Voice and Productions or Voice TT. I uh, want to get the voice. Voice it with the TT in the in, in at the end, yeah. Voice it TT Pro. Go and follow them all on Facebook. There you go. Instagram. Um, also, want to shout out to your friend Malcolm. Malcolm, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and to all our friends, Malcolm. If you need any radio production and any any other like talent hiring or all that, and DJing, I know DJing is zero now, but when things relax a little bit. Please keep Malcolm Mingo. Malcolm Mingo is, is a great guy. He's going yes. through some hard times right now because of what's COVID. But yeah, all of these people who support us and listen to us and don't um and don't write us and curse us for saying shit, 
You know, yeah. we want to <laughs> say thanks. And obviously, we want to try to get Lizelle, our friend Lizelle, to come and talk about her experience in the agency working as, as a creative in the agency. We talk a lot about writers. We don't talk a lot about the artists. You know, That's true. I am we, an don't. Artist. We, we don't. Should. We don't really talk about the artists. We should. Um, we should talk about one, it. There is one pitch. I want to talk about a pitch that we went, that we did. And I want to get all the people involved in the pitch to come and talk. That might be about five people to, to talk about the different experiences working on this pitch. And I even want to, want to bring in the guy who was on the other side in client services. Um, uh, we used to work at, 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 the, at the company at the time. I don't know if that's ever going to be possible, but again, we've gone, on, things have happened. We've, gone on, we've gone on too long. We've gone on too long. People were like, oh, come on, I'm going to press pause. <laughs> we probably lost a lot of people halfway, but that's okay. I think we that, have, yes. That, that, that's not important right now. No. <laughs> so, thank you, Jared. Thank you, Ian. Anything else you want to say? No, just uh, just keep listening to us. And uh, oh, by the way, you can follow me on Twitter, Jared Butts. One word, I will follow you back. All right, great. Later, yeah. everyone. Later, people. Have a good one. Bye.